to another episode of Live Planted. I'm your host, Alyssa. If you're new around here, Live Planted is all about living a practical, sustainable, vegan, and kind life. There is no one right way to live this lifestyle, which is why I try to bring you different perspectives, different guests every single week. There's a new episode every single Tuesday. Some you will hear solo episodes with me talking about one topic in depth. Other times we're interviewing someone, hearing their point of view, how they live their lifestyle, and what tips and tricks they can share. Today's episode is made possible by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. So today's wonderful guest is Amber Allen of The Fairly Local Vegan. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that she was on episode 155, which actually wasn't too long ago. She shared her minimalism, zero waste, parenting, vegan journey over there. We had such good chemistry. And again, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I like to invite guests back. And I asked her to be a co-host today for a special episode. We are each sharing five things we do that are probably unusual, some of which you may have heard before, some of which may be new to you, of things that we do that are zero waste and frugal. Some of them overlap and some of them are unique to us, but I am really excited for you guys to hear this episode. So if you don't know, we normally do shout outs, but this week we are not doing any since Amber was a co-host. This is a little bit of a longer episode, so I wanted to include everything that we talked about and not have to cut anything to make time for the shout outs. So if you wanna be on the shout outs, you can ask a question, you can request a guest. I just posted a photo this past Sunday on Instagram asking for your guests because I am scheduling for the next few months worth of guests. So you can still go back. I will leave a link to the post where you can tag somebody that you wanna hear on the podcast just so it's all in one space for me. But you can always send me a message if you have a question you would like to hear answered on the podcast. I am at liveplanted over on Instagram, which is where it's best to communicate. Before we get into today's main topic, today's episode is brought to us by Osea Malibu. Osea puts your health and the health of our planet first with potent skincare solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Formulated with all skin concerns in mind, Osea makes products infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals. Nutrient and mineral rich bioavailable seaweed allows products to easily absorb into the skin and effectively target multiple skin concerns. Osea can help reveal and illuminate your natural radiance, whether you're looking for hydration oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions. Every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. For $10 off your first purchase of 50 or more, go to oseamalibu.com liveplanted and use code liveplanted10 to redeem your offer. So Osea is actually the only skincare brand I've used in 2019. I was just thinking about that as I'm recording. So I've gone this entire year with only Osea. I have not wanted for more. I have not felt like straying. They offer everything and my skin was in a bad spot before I started using them. So again, you can use the code LIVEPLANTED10 for $10 off your first purchase of 50 or more. And you can go to oseamalibu.com slash LivePlanted to use the code. I will leave everything linked in the description. Okay, let's get straight into today's main segment. 
Amber Allen of The Fairly Local Vegan has a fantastic cookbook out called The Get Dirty, Stay Magical Cookbook. She was on the podcast this past May talking about putting in the hard work of making less waste and being vegan. She's a big voice in the community for individuality, how there's no one size fits all in this non-traditional lifestyle. In her episode, we touched on frugality and how this lifestyle doesn't have to be expensive, which is a big myth both of us really want to bust. So I wanted to bring her back on today as a co-host to expand upon this idea. We're both going to share five ways in which we're frugal and zero waste, some of which may be unusual or weird, some you have heard before. So welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you so much for having me again. Do you want to share one of your ways you're frugal first? Oh, sure. I have some really gross, zero-waste, frugal (laughs) tips. I tried to find my most weird ones. Awesome. I love that. Okay, so we'll start with, I think this one will really, really weird people out, but my family buys almost everything secondhand. So about 95% of our home is made up of secondhand stuff. I mean, that doesn't sound totally weird, but if you think about it, we also spend our money on secondhand bathing suits and secondhand underwear. People always ask me, do you buy new underwear or new bathing suits? And I don't, I buy secondhand underwear and I buy secondhand diapers, cloth diapers for my kids and I buy secondhand bathing suits. So that's just how I roll because I figure you wash something and if you wash it well enough, it's pretty clean. So why not use it? Mm-hmm. And you've definitely like, remember when you were a kid, you go over to a friend's house and you're like, can I borrow a bathing suit? It's the same thing. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how many times I've gone to someone's pool and asked them, hey, do you have a spare pair of swim trunks even? And I'll just like go for a dip in your swim trunks and like a bra. (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yep. It's not dirty to wash something, but people think there's an ick factor to like secondhand clothes and secondhand bathing suits and secondhand underwear. But like I'm sitting here right now (laughs) in my office and it is really, really hot here. So I've been wearing a sports bra like the entire week. And my sports bra is secondhand. It's not dirty. I wash it all the time. <laughs> hmm. That was my number one as well, because I buy like sheets and silverware and stuff secondhand. And I've heard that sheets really gross people out as well. Maybe you're forgetting that you've been in a hotel because sometimes we don't relate those two things like, oh, exactly. those are also used sheets. <laughs> Totally agree. I remember I did a video, I think it was about two years ago, of the zero waste things we had in our home. And people were really, really weirded out in the comments section because we buy secondhand towels most of the time. Mm-hmm. And people think that's super icky, but I wash them. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference if you wash it. If you're washing it at home, wash it two or three times if you want to. But seriously, washing it once is really, really good. And then mm-hmm. you just use it. <laughs> Yeah, that was my number one tip as well, my buying secondhand. And I think people are really surprised at the good stuff you can find at thrift stores, garage sales, Craigslist, even curbside. I've done a lot of trash picking in my day. That was one of my tips too. Yeah, it's amazing what people throw away. And you're like, if you think about it, I work near a college campus. A lot of college kids, their parents bring them down things and they're like, Mm -hmm. I don't have space. I don't need it. They put it out on the tree lawn. I have found some of my 
my best, best, best scores in college neighborhoods. Rugs that are amazing, like vintage rugs, house plants. People, I don't know if oh, like yeah. someone's mom just bought them a house plant and they were like, I'm not having a house plant and just put it outside. <laughs> All sorts of great finds. Yeah, I find that's especially true for like college and university towns. So we lived in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, which is a big tech hub and university place in Ontario and in Canada. And everyone would basically clear out their stuff in the summer. They'd just leave it on the side mm-hmm. of the road. It was awesome to get furniture that way and houseplants. And there was even computers and things like that because some of them are international students. So they can't bring it with them on the plane. They can't, they don't want to give it away, I guess. And so they just dump it there. And it's staggering that people do that. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like throw perfectly good stuff away and it's in dumpsters. And so I, for one, Um, I guess I'm a proud dumpster diver. I have been dumpster diving, I don't know, I guess since I was a kid, because we lived in a dead end road next to a campground and people at the campground at the end of the summer when they went home would dump stuff at the dumpster. And I would go, (laughs) being a kid, and find the most awesome floaties and pool noodles and (laughs) surfboards even. So I had a surfboard. I grew up on a lake in the middle of nowhere. I had a surfboard for my lake that I paddled around with that someone had thrown out. And it was perfectly good. And I used it probably for about, I don't know, 10 years. People throw things out and people think that it's really gross to dumpster dive. But the amount of good stuff you can find in a dumpster is amazing. It's a gold mine for your house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it definitely teaches you patience because if you're switching from buying stuff in a traditional store to going and looking secondhand, you are not going to walk in and find a row of perfectly organized whatever it is that you're looking for. So Mm -hmm. I always remind myself to give yourself a little time. If you look frequently, you will find that item because somebody is getting rid of it. I completely agree with you. We always think about instant gratification. We want that. We want to be able to click a button like Amazon Prime and get something at our house within a day. We want to go to the store. We want that convenience. And so switching over to zero waste is definitely not about convenience. It's a bit harder. It takes more time. It's about patience. But I personally really like that I'm not part of the mainstream way of thinking anymore. I have slowed my life down. I take extra time to do things and I find so much more joy and happiness in those little things that I do because I can say, look, I made my own loaf of bread or I made my own deodorant or I grew my own zucchini and all those things take more time but there's a sense of pride that comes with it because you're being self-sufficient. And I really enjoy that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 100%. And I was just thinking while you were saying that, I was looking recently for a rug for my husband's office and I've been searching, I've been garage sailing, I've been really like on it. And he found one on Craigslist the other day and I got kind of sad because I was like, well, my search is over. Now I'm done with that task. I completely agree with you. That's when I go jar hunting. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> those are much easier to find. <laughs> so that one saves a ton of money, pulls perfectly good items out of the waste stream. So mm-hmm. what is your second thing? 
Oh, okay. Well, let's go with the big one then. My biggest one is the craziest one, maybe. And we use cloth for toilet paper. And I've discussed this in a bunch of my videos. And people think it's super gross. They like really get on in the comments section about it. We've been doing this as a family now for, I, I think we're going on three years. And it is easy. It is something we do every day. It's so routine now. And our kids know no different. They think it's weird when we go out and they're at school or whatever and they use toilet paper. They think it's weird. But I really don't see the difference between washing a towel or washing a reusable diaper or something like that. It's just the same thing to us. I personally like to do it. And I know people are listening and thinking, oh, this is so icky. This is so gross. I could never do it. But the way I look at it, I heard about this a couple of months ago. We currently have a problem in Canada with so many forests being chopped down, not for anything really, really big, but only for toilet paper. And I'm serious about this. We are chopping down our forests in Canada for a worldwide I get shopping extravaganza toilet paper. That's all that people want now. I think that's pretty extreme that we're chopping down our forests just for toilet paper. I think that's really, really, really messed up. It's not just for paper for your office or your printer or books. It's for toilet paper. And that is something you're literally flushing down the toilet. We started getting into our cloth toilet paper. That's really just like cloth wipes, I should say. But I, I say cloth toilet paper to make it easier for people. We got into it because I was thinking about the environmental aspect. And then I was thinking about how expensive it is when you buy toilet paper. Even in Costco size packs, you're spending money on something just to flush down your toilet. And I can go forever about this because I really don't understand it. And I think in other, there are other countries where people use like leaves and things that are actually very easily biodegradable and they're not really wrecking anything because they're not chopping down trees. So that makes sense to me. I can't do that really in Canada. So we use cloths that I buy secondhand and then cut up and then we just have those until they, I guess, disintegrate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, we must be on the same wavelength because my second one, while I do still use toilet paper, is cleaning supplies because I don't <laughs> use sponges, paper towels, bathroom cleaners, laundry detergent, fabric softeners, toilet bowl brushes. I think it all adds up to a bunch of small plastic toxic things to do one yes. individual job. Yes. In our society, we love tools that solve one issue instead of looking for multitaskers. So we have one specific toilet bowl cleaner, one specific tub disinfectant. In I my know. house, it's, it's really nuts. I mean, it, if you look at the marketing of it, it is just a way to market the same products different ways. Like this one yeah, is gonna be better it. inside the toilet. This one is it, gonna be better inside your sink. <laughs> and so I find marketing so interesting. I find like I am fascinated by marketing and commercials and like that and how that drives the economy. I find trends fascinating and the way the marketing is. And in our home, we use vinegar to clean everything. It Me is too. like, oh, that is it. That is all we have. <laughs> And I wash the windows with it. I wash the toilet with it. I wash our bathtub with it. I wash our floors with it. Seriously, I wash, it's a one-stop shop, basically. You get some vinegar. And I even make my own vinegar because I brew kombucha. And if you brew kombucha long enough, you will get vinegar. So I clean my entire house 
with kombucha, basically. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I use vinegar as well because it does kill bacteria, it kills germs, just like bleach, except it's non-toxic, it's safe for your kids, it's safe for pets. A lot of people exactly. don't think about that you're putting this under your feet all day where your kids mm-hmm. are crawling around or you're putting it on your counter, what you're eating off of. And Not only that, people like you, sorry, cut you off. Um, people have to wear these plastic gloves when handling a lot of cleaners. Yes. And I do not think about wearing gloves when I'm using vinegar. If I get it on my hand, it's not going to like kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to do, it might make my hands a little tingly, but it's not going to hurt me at all. And so I could basically eat it if I wanted to. I'm basically cleaning with something that I could eat if I wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I just use rags. So no sponges, yeah. no uh, kitchen sponges, bathroom sponges, anything, because as long as you throw your rags in the wash on a hot cycle, you're killing all the germs. So I just use rags. You can use them, like you said, on the floor, on the counter, in the tub, whatever. Everything, everything. That's what I do. (laughs) Yep. So what is your number three? My number three would be probably I juice really, really gross looking food. I really do. I will go out to the grocery store and find the stuff that is basically sitting there rotting in their clearance fruit veggie section. I also shop at, because I have such a big family, I shop at a produce supplier. So they will supply the grocery shop. So I go directly to the supplier and buy big bulk, I guess, boxes of bananas or of like watermelons or whatnot. And I'll bring that home. There's absolutely no packaging because it hasn't been packaged yet. It's just in a cardboard box usually. And they usually have food that the grocery stores don't want to buy. So they will have, I don't know, big, huge, I'm talking about, I guess, like 25 pound or 30 pound cardboard boxes of cucumbers that are organic and they will sell these huge boxes to me for like two to four dollars because they just want to get rid of them and otherwise it's just going to go in their dumpster so i will buy them bring them home and the same day juice them and then i have awesome cucumber juice (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's pretty like a lot of people would think that's gross because i'm basically buying veggies and fruit that are going to go off within i guess 24 hours but instead of letting it rot somewhere in a dumpster i just take it some of my worst i guess stuff i've bought are like grapes that are going off grapes are kind of hard to save and hard to juice but I've done it. I have bought tons of boxes of grapes and juiced those. Half of them, I'd say, ended up in our compost, but at least I saved half the boxes. <laughs> well, we really are on the same page because I purposely didn't want to talk about our ideas in case we had a lot of the same ideas so we could yeah. offer different perspectives <laughs> because my next one was I buy seconds and discontinued food items. So you can ask at the farmer's market if you don't have a like a warehouse place where you were talking about. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I ask, which you will get uh, weird shaped fruit, overripe, bruised, whatever it is that most people don't want to buy. And those are fantastic if you're making a tomato sauce, if you're canning salsa or tomato sauce or <laughs> an apple sauce. I always buy the seconds because they're already juicy and super ripe and they make a great sauce. And then I also look at the discounted bin at the grocery store. So a lot of those items do come in plastic and people ask, should I buy the discontinued Mm -hmm. 
produce because it's in plastic, yes. You do want to buy those because although you're consuming plastic, you're also saving food waste. So it's better to take it and use the food than having both of those items go in the dumpster because a lot of shoppers don't even look in the discounted section. So those items automatically go to waste. When I go to the grocery store, so we have a a chain of super, they're called superstores in Canada. And I will go to the superstore or the Zayers, which is like their partner store and they have a clearance section in those grocery stores they will have it in pretty much any grocery store they have a clearance section and it's usually full of fruit and bananas and stuff that's going off and i will head there every single time every single time i go to the grocery store i head to that section and look and i occasionally like yesterday i went and they had about three bags of organic limes and the limes are in these plastic netted bags that i cannot stand but i found ways to reuse those but anyway i really cannot stand those plastic netted bags and i found them there for 80 percent off so of course I bought them because I needed limes yeah. <laughs> and I don't want it to go into the garbage. So it just makes sense to me because you are preventing food waste and food waste is such a huge problem across the world, really, but especially in North America, food waste is huge here. Perfectly good food we send to the landfills and then it sits there and rots and doesn't even rot properly because it's not a compostable environment. Yeah, it creates methane. It creates a lot of issues with really within does. the landfill. Another thing to add there is there's also at my grocery stores at least there's also items in the clearance section like tortilla chips and packaged Mm -hmm. items and I would say definitely look for those as well because a lot of times they have about 24 hours of sitting in the clearance section before they go straight to the trash. So that's how I buy a lot of my packaged items. I look for crackers, chips, whatever it is that way, Mm -hmm. because again, you're just saving those items from just going straight to the trash. Yeah, and you are saving a ton of money by doing this too, because mm-hmm. it's the, these clearance items are like 30, 50, 80% off. I've even been able to haggle with certain grocery stores because they'll have so much produce, like bananas, going off that I can walk away sometimes with, I don't know, 200 bananas for like $2. I'm not even joking, it has happened to me. Just because they wanted to get rid of like the brown decaying bananas, but those brown decaying bananas go in my freezer for awesome smoothies. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely ways to save money and you are helping the environment. For sure. Yeah. Both of these things a lot of times go hand in hand and we don't realize because it just, it doesn't have to be that expensive. No, it doesn't. And one of the reasons I think zero waste is actually a more frugal lifestyle than many people think it is, is because you have to say no to a lot of things that are full price. (laughs) Or like, it's better if you say no to a lot of things that are full price in terms of like, you know, if you go into a grocery store, go to the clearance section, it's cheaper. (laughs) For sure. Okay, so what are we on? Number four? I guess number four, but we did so many crossing stuff. (laughs) I'm like running out faster than I thought. I guess my fourth tip would be that we use reusable diapers, so cloth diapers. And a lot of people think that's weird, but it saves so much money and it takes about 500 years for a disposable diaper to decompose, if it ever really decomposes, in a landfill. So I feel 
like it's a good idea to use cloth diapers if you are a mother or a father out there who is listening and you use disposable diapers. It's actually very easy to use cloth diapers. And I have a couple of videos up about how to use cloth diapers. I plan to make a dedicated video very soon, but it, it's a lot easier to use cloth diapers than most people think. In some situations, I think that you definitely can't use cloth diapers because there are certain situations out there and I don't want to like blanket everything. But I think that in most cases, people can try or even use cloth diapers part of the time. It's a lot easier than people think. Mm -hmm. So my fourth one is I rely on public spaces. So I use the library for all of my reading materials, my cookbooks. I use it as a space during my lunch break sometimes just to have a space to go and not have to spend any money. I use my neighborhood to walk and exercise. I also use my neighborhood to forage fruits in the summer. This is a big thing I'm really passionate about. And I know who has, you know, the plum trees. I know where the mulberries are in the very short mulberry season. Mm -hmm. um, I used to have a neighbor who had two humongous, humongous pear trees and I would ride my bike over, pick dozens and dozens of pears and make pear butter, pear fruit leathers and freeze pears for the winter. That is awesome. We do the same thing. So that would have been my last tip. <laughs> I, I like to do what's called gleaning. And gleaning is basically when you, you find pears in someone's backyard and you ask the owner, hey, can yeah. I, you know, take some pears off your tree if they're just like, you know, going to plop down onto the dirt. And so you go glean for them. And then you maybe like give them some of the stuff you glean because they don't want to pick it or whatever. And you can do the same thing with gardens. If you notice someone isn't harvesting all their tomatoes, in a garden, you can walk up to their door and knock and say, hey, if I pick your tomatoes, I'll bring you some of your tomatoes if I can take some. And that's basically gleaning. And so you can look on Facebook, you can look in certain groups online and basically make a post and say, hey, if anyone doesn't have time to pick the fruits or vegetables in their garden, I'd be happy to come over and help if I can walk away with some of the fruits and vegetables. Or some people even like will let you take everything they have in their garden because just because they don't want it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely a way to create community and save food waste. And it's really, really good for you to be out there harvesting stuff anyway. <laughs> a lot of people are so happy that you're going to use, especially fruit trees when they are in full bloom. A lot of times there's more fruit than one family can harvest and take care of. I was talking to a lady in my neighborhood who had apples and they were all over the ground. So I asked if I could take some apples and she kept telling me, please come back, please come back, please come back and take more. Do you want to come tomorrow? Do you want to come next week? I was like, thank you so much. And that is awesome. it's fantastic to just have a resource like that. And it's not even a discounted item. It's completely free and you're doing the work yourself. <laughs> I think it really also, I, just going back to the community aspect, I really think it creates community. And I feel like with the whole digital age and everyone being online, that creates community too. But getting outside and getting to know your neighbors and getting to know other people who garden or harvest their own food or doing something similar to you is so important. It's so important to connect with people. A lot of people I find, especially in my area, a lot of my neighbors don't know each other, but I make an effort to go talk to my neighbors and get to know them. And I think 
that on our society right now, that is something that's really common where you live next to someone and you don't even know their name. So I think getting out there and just talking to people is so important and it benefits you because it benefits your emotional and psychological health a bit. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really important. So I think going and talking to people, even sharing what's in your garden, sharing with your community, that helps the economy and it helps people in ways you can't even imagine how much it helps people. I have this huge, big urban garden and I tell people on Facebook or I'll tell people in the gardener's Facebook posts or I'll share with my neighbors and just say, I have this excess amount of food. I'd love to share it with anyone who wants it, you know? And I just, I think that creates community. I think sharing is so important in our society. And I think we need to get back to that. We need to get back to sharing. We need to get back to bartering. We need to get back to trading. And I think that is part of the zero waste mentality. Mm -hmm. I think we've lost a lot of that. I remember uh, quite a few years ago, there was a Craigslist ad that said like, I have an excess of lettuce if anyone wants to come and pick some. So I Mm -hmm. went and I was taking one of my girlfriends and she kept being like, is this a trap? Why is someone inviting us? over to pick their excess lettuce like this is so weird and I was like as a gardener I know that sometimes you've just planted too much you have an overabundance or you're not going to be able to put it away for winter when you thought you would have time maybe this year something changed you just don't have time I was like as a gardener this happens all the time and I am going to go over there and get as much lettuce as I can exactly we've really fallen away from I guess the village or the community aspect of our society and I think it's important to get back to that. And I do think zero waste kind of goes hand in hand with slowing down. So slow living, and that kind of goes hand in hand with community. I think community is important. I think it's important to share our knowledge and our ideas and our excess food. I think it's part of being a good person. I think a lot about being a good person and what that entails. And so I try to be good to other people, I guess, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's a wonderful statement. I was just going to say my last thing, because I know that you did your five, was I downsized my house. So I actually bought a smaller house without an attic, without a basement on purpose. We really wanted to live smaller and have a smaller footprint, have a smaller area to heat and cool. And we had previously rented a house that was larger than the house we live in now. And we found we were just buying furniture and items to fill up the space. Two people do not need more than one bathroom. Two people do not need more than two bedrooms at most. And it's just wasteful. We found we were accustomed to getting larger and larger, more bathrooms, more bedroom. We need more space. We need an office. We need X, Y, and Z. (laughs) it's totally unnecessary and then you just clutter up your life and you're paying to heat that place to clean that place to take care of it all the time I agree a lot of people think they need more space than they need and it's part of again it's part of our society to think that we need that bigger is better and it's not necessarily true so we bought our house we used to rent and last year we bought a house in Windsor Ontario I find the house we bought even though it has less bedrooms than most people would think they need with three kids it's a three-bedroom house yeah and we have three kids and there's like five of us but I find the house is too big for me. Mm-hmm. I keep going back for the past, I'd say past five years, I've been going back and wanting to be in a tiny home. 
100%. Yeah, I have two bedrooms and two people, and I find all the time, like, the only place I spend time in is I sleep in my bedroom, I cook in my kitchen, and I sit on my couch. Like, I don't need much so more much space. space. It is yeah. nice to have a guest room because my parents live out of town, so when my parents come and stay or my sisters come and stay or whatever, but other than that, it's like I don't really need any other space. I never go in that other room. I never go in the other space. Exactly. I really love the movement that's been created for like tiny homes and people living in vans and people living in school buses because I think that's a cool way of living and it uses just enough space that you actually will use. I'd love to do that in the future and I don't know if I ever will because it's weird in Canada. There's a lot of like anti-tiny home areas and we happen to live in Ontario where it's very anti-tiny home. <laughs> but I would love to do it in the future. Even with three kids, I think it can, can be done and I think a lot of people do it out of necessity and I think a lot of people do it because they don't want to go the mainstream way of living which is bigger and like keeping up with the Joneses and all that I think it's getting back down to basics I think it's getting back down to slow living and just living with what you need it's interesting how we've become accustomed to, if you have a child, each child needs their own bedroom. Uh, yeah. It would be great for them to have their own bathroom. I follow a lady who has three kids and they had a two bedroom house up until very recently. And people mm -hmm. were really criticizing her online saying like, you can't have two children of different sex in the same bedroom. I know. It, they're getting too old for that. And she's like, it's a six year old who's in a bunk bed. Like, what are you talking about? about <laughs> even now so even now I've had criticism because I have two kids both different sexes they have a bunk bed and they are in the same bedroom they are seven and four and like it should not matter mm. at all they're just kids right but people have this mentality that every kid needs their own space and I honestly don't think even if my kids had the opportunity right now to have their own room I don't think they'd want it just because they love the closeness of being near each other it creates a sense of security that they're in their bedroom and they have each other. We have fallen so far in society where we think that alternative ways of living or even criticizing the people who can't afford living so large. I get that a lot. I get the criticism where we can't afford this huge big house and how dare we have like two kids in one room. But a lot of people live in apartments. They don't have a lot of space. This is normal. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's the whole message here today is that being frugal and being zero waste can go hand in hand. And it doesn't have to be that you're living some crazy abnormal life that like, maybe you're <laughs> embarrassed to tell other people you shop in the discount section or everything you have is secondhand. It's completely normal things that somehow our society has phased out along the way because Agreed. we are trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's marketing. It's marketing. Mm -hmm. the, like people out there, the people in control of companies want you to buy stuff. So if they make it normal in society for you to keep buying new stuff and keep buying expensive things, that's what everyone expects of you. And when you fall away from that, when you fall out of that mainstream way of thinking, people will start to criticize you, even though it is perfectly fine, it is perfectly healthy, and it's probably, it is, better for our environment. <laughs> 100%. Well, Amber, thank you so much for being my co-host today. This is really fun. I loved it. I will do it again if you want to have me. <laughs> 100%. So if people want to find you, find out more about the way that your family is living, where can they find you on the internet? 
they can find me at thefairlylocalvegan.com and that has links to my Instagram, to my YouTube, to my ebook, all that good stuff. <laughs> awesome. And everything will be linked and the different things that Amber talked about, her cloth diapering experience, all of the videos on that will be linked as well. So you can find all those resources. So that's it for today's podcast. Was there things on here you were surprised by? The toilet paper? I have heard people not using toilet paper before, obviously, using reusable wipes and reusable toilet paper, but I have never been quite so convinced as when Amber was talking about it. Did you feel the same way? Have you heard of all these things before? Let me know. Over on Instagram, share the episode with a friend. I will repost you in my stories. Again, I am at liveplanted. Until next week, remember to live planted. Bye, guys.